You're listening to another wrestling episode of Tap Outs and Touchdowns with your guy, Bully Rye and PJ Steven. All right, everybody. Hello and welcome to Season 4, Episode 13 of Tap Outs and Touchdowns. As always, it's your guy, Bully Rye, back at it again. Uh, it's, it's a pretty fun show, something we haven't really done before. Uh, but before we get into it, let's welcome back wrestling show co-host, PJ Steven. PJ, how you doing today, bud? Oh, I'm doing very, very well, man. This is going to be super fun. Um, to kind of open the curtain a little bit, man, uh, I just had this idea to do this type of show because I was watching WrestleMania 19 and how fantastic uh, The Rock and Stone Cold was uh, and what we'll talk about later to be Stone Cold's um, – because I don't count the Kevin Owens match, uh, to be Stone Cold's uh, final match uh, in WWE, his final wrestling match. And man, what an incredible match. And I just started thinking about, you know, what great rivalries have been in our beautiful sport. And I, I, I just thought this would be a super fun, uh, super fun episode for the show. And you okayed it. You gave it the green light. And if you haven't already, you know, gotten the hint, uh, and if you can't read the title for some reason, we are covering all three of the Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin's WrestleMania matches from 15, 17, and 19. Uh, we're just going to give you the best review that we can, give you our thoughts on them. And it's going to be super fun, man. I cannot wait to do that. Yeah. So, uh, you know, in fairness, this is uh, this WrestleMania 19 was Stone Cold Steve Austin's final match wearing wrestling tights, wrestling trunks, if you will. So I'll give you that. It was his last uh, official wrestling match where he was in wrestling attire, not jorts a la your other favorite wrestler and John Cena. Uh, but yeah, this week we're going we're gonna to sort of di- deep dive into the Stone Cold versus The Rock uh, uh, main event matches. I'm going to call WrestleMania 19 the main event match, even though it didn't close the show, um, from their, their WrestleMania main events. Uh, before we get into that, let's let's you know let's let's get into our opening bell. Uh, let's talk about what it means to be a a rival. What it means to have a rivalry in professional wrestling. Um, I'm sort of going off this sort of on the whiff. Uh, nothing really planned here. Um, PJ, what what do, what would you say the significance of having a true rival means for someone in pro wrestling? And then we can get into sort of some of our, our favorite rivalries that we remember seeing growing up. To me, the best rivalry, I would like to say has a personal issue, but not you don't always need a personal issue. Uh, although I could see how that would be the best, uh, you know, some of the best rivalries. But I think it just comes from uh, the one of the biggest things I can say is like chemistry. And one of the ones that we'll talk about later on that I'll kind of touch on now is Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels. That's got to be, and if you're a wrestling fan, it's got to be in your top three favorite rivalries and best rivalries of uh, pro wrestling history. And a lot of it comes from as well. I mean, you got to, let's step back a little bit. You know, pro wrestling is a job and you always want to be the best at your job. And if you got somebody else being trying to be the best at that job, well, you're going to want to up that other person. And that was basically what Hart and Michaels wanted to do. They wanted to be that the first little guy to really make it 
and and and, and capture the strap. And um, I think that comes from you know professional jealousy, and I think it comes from just wanting to up the ante on everything for that opponent. Um, so to answer your question, what I think makes the best rivalry is passion for the business. I think uh, I think there's there's a significance that that rivalries play a part in in pro wrestling, and that's uh, there's 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 a, a couple of of points that are made out of the rivalry. So one. Uh, sort of like you wanted, you, you said there was a sort of a that one-upping mentality that you wanted to be the best. So when you find a wrestler that you're paired with, you want to raise the bar. You want to continue to elevate yourself uh, along with or at the expense of your rival. Um, so I think uh, I think one of the one of the significant pieces to a rivalry is the need to uh, to to elevate yourself in the business. I. In saying that, I think it's also important for rivalries to sort of continue to develop uh, some some wrestlers. So if we talk about some of the, I wouldn't call them underwhelming, but some of the the lesser uh, talked about rivalries. Think of of something like Cesaro and Seth Rollins that we had a few years ago. Um, you think of of I don't know the Mysterios and and Miz. I mean the Mysterio has been Ray Mysterio has been wrestling the Miz for years. Um, but when he first sort of gave the Miz the rub, uh, the Miz was still this snot-nosed kid who was told that he was only in wrestling because he was on the real world. Uh, you know, there's sometimes that people are thrown into a rivalry to make stars. Here's a prime example. Glenn Jacobs. Uh, Kane uh, had gone through numerous uh, gimmicks in his career, uh, from Isaac Yankum DDS to the fake Diesel. Once they made him Kane, uh, and he immediately was thrust into a rivalry with The Undertaker, all of a sudden now Kane is a bona fide star, and that rivalry is, I mean, it's one of the most well-known rivalries in pro wrestling history. It's really one of my favorite rivalries, and that was where I was touching on the personal issue that you have with, you know, Kane, you know, was burned by his brother, and, you know, they've gone from there, but... Excuse me. When you talk about giving the rub, the one the one uh, rivalry that comes to my head is Flair and Sting. <clears throat> Sting got that rub from Flair. Flair handpicked Sting to to give that rub to to make him the next star, and that's another terrific rivalry. I mean, you got to look at it like they ended night. They started Nitro and they ended Nitro. Uh, you talk about Bret Hart and Stone Cold. I mean, you know, someone we're going to talk about very closely today, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Um, you know, he went from names like, you know, Ice Dagger and like um, Chili McFreeze uh, to being Stone Cold Steve Austin. And a lot of that was because Bret Hart, you know, was able to give him that rub. And, and, and really, you know, it's the first time in a long time at WrestleMania 13 where you had the babyface becomes the heel and your heel becomes your babyface in the match is amazing. And that happened because of a very strong rivalry. Um, let's do top two. What's your favorite? What's your top two favorite rivalries? Like you personally, me personally. So we're going to talk about one today, and that's Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock. Uh, it's been very well documented that I grew up a wrestling fan, uh, be it on the show or on a previous podcast that I've been on. So um, I grew up. Uh, my friend Mark, shout out to Mark. Um, he was a he was a fan of The Rock, and I was a fan of Stone Cold Steve Austin. 
Um, it was one of those things that like, it was very polarizing. You had your guys that wanted to be the, the ones wearing the $500 shirts and raising the people's eyebrow, wearing, the, you know, the, the, the fancy shades. And then you had the guys that just wanted to be like roughneck, beat you up, uh, give your, your bosses or give, your, give the people that are trying to bully you into submission the middle fingers and, and sort of, you know, at the time I was a kid, so it wasn't drink beer. Um, but, you know, it was, <laughs> it was, um, oh, yeah, I couldn't imagine, you know. Yeah, as you drink your PBR. But no, so like Rock and Stone Cold is, is number one for me. Uh, it's hard to say number two because there are so many good ones. Um, man, and, and you can't really go like, uh, for the sake of the argument, we want to go wrestler to wrestler. But I really loved the rivalry between the Heart Foundation and D-Generation X. It was the, I mean, yeah. it, was, it was sort of what NWO was trying to do in WCW. The WCW was clinging on to the old school wrestlers, clinging on to the Ric Flairs, the, you know, the, the Harley races, the tradition. I mean, that, that was one of the big monikers for the NWO is tradition bites. And then they always wanted to go against tradition. The Heart Foundation felt like, what WCW was was being painted as by from the NWO. Uh, I mean, you had traditional traditional mat wrestlers in Bret and Owen Hart. Um, you had the powerhouses in Jim Neidhart and the British Bulldog. Um, you know, I, I throw Brian Pillman in there, but he didn't he didn't stay long because he unfortunately finally <coughs> uh, passed away. But then you had DX that came in. Bret Hart called Bret uh, Shawn Michaels a degenerate. Um, they you know that's how their their name came up. Degeneration X. And so DX would come on the screen and make crude comments and, and make lewd gestures. And I remember the I know you've had many sunny days. Yeah. Oh, man, whatever. They had, they had basically the strip poker game in the middle of the ring on Monday Night Raw. So um, if I had to go personally, I guess that's where I'll go. And I'll go individual rivalry, Rock and Austin, and then faction rivalry would be DX and the Heart Foundation. What about you, PJ? What are your – let's go top two rivalries. So, can you guess my top? Can you guess my number one? I'm gonna say Vader Sting. Oh my God, that's my number two. Yeah. Oh man, that's, so that's so my close. number. That's that's my number two. My number one is uh, Undertaker and Kane, um, because one, it's stretched so far um, in um, the world of pro wrestling. It was one of the first rivalries that I got behind as a kid. Um, and it was something so insane that it somehow became believable. Not just that they were brothers, but just like, you know, this outlandish um, storyline of like Kane or Undertaker burned down the funeral home that killed his parents and it, it burnt Kane, but Paul Bear slept with Taker's mom. So then that's how you got Kane. And then Kane came back. And of course, we get the, that's gotta be Kane. I mean, like, eh, the rivalry itself was fantastic. The, the so greatest was, debut in the, in wrestling history, by the way, was was the debut. Uh, yeah, it's hard to it's hard to argue. It's really hard to argue. Um, and you know, and the the reason that rivalry is so important as well is because, like you said, that made a star. I mean, instantly, like, I mean, like a fucking drum that made a star. Um, Let me ask you a in, question. What was so? I know we we've, we've established that Kane's the best, but I want to know. So, on a scale of one to the Kane debut, where would you rate the debut of the Shockmaster? I rank him at number seven, um, and it's right 
Well, I rank him at number two. Yeah, I'll, I'll say number two. Uh, number one is um, uh, Ruthless Aggression, John Cena debut. That one's low on my totem pole because that, oh, that, 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 that was the day pro wrestling was starting to die. So I'll piggyback, <laughs> a follow-up question. What was your favorite Shockmaster match? Uh, probably the because uh, I think he debuted to be in the in the um, the War Games. So I guess the War Games. Sorry, getting, I love I love off topic here. I love when he falls. You just hear I think it's Flair. You hear him go, "Oh God, oh God!" I love Dusty Rhodes telling that story too. You know, Bill Watts had screwed a two before to the bottom of it. And old big friend, he didn't know. So we <laughs> but I love when Mean Gene was like, who was that? Who did that? And Dixie goes, that was mine. That was mine. Is, is um, this a rib? Is this a yeah. rib? <laughs> and so getting back on topic, we could do a whole show on Shockmaster. Oh, that'd be funny oh, as hell. You know, I'm, I'm friends with I'm friends with old big friend on Facebook. No, you're not. Yeah, yeah, I'm Fred Ottoman. Yeah, I am. Oh, maybe, maybe we'll try to get him on the show and talk about. He would that do it. He, I've seen him. I've seen him. I've seen him. I've seen him at WrestleCon. Nice dude. Well, good um, stuff. But, but yeah, no. So, so obviously, Kane Taker, and then you said Vader Sting. What? What? Yeah, Vader. Obviously, Vader drew you to it. But and wasn't Sting one of your favorite performers too? Sting is one of my favorite wrestlers as well. Uh, I think that goes to. That's one of the rivalries with some of the best chemistry that you saw in that era. Uh, you know. Just like Sean, Sting would do really well with the bigger guys. Um, and even kind of like Brett, too, to be honest with you. But Sting, man, and Sting and Vader, they had so many wonderful matches together. And they told such a great story in every single match. And the promos alone were fantastic. Uh, before we move on to Stone Cold and the Rock, I just want to ask you, out of the personal realm, what do you think is the most important rivalry in uh, wrestling history? The most important? Yeah, like you don't have to – it doesn't have to be your favorite, but what do you think is the most important? I mean, the obvious would be the Monday Night War. I mean, that was a robbery that you didn't see on TV. But well, you're I'm, talking, yeah. That, you're talking the most important. Wrestler, wrestler, yeah. Honestly, it would probably – and it's not even going to be wrestler, wrestler. It's Stone Cold Vince McMahon. Because without that rivalry, uh, there's no power struggle. There's no – honestly, you can, you can argue DX started the Attitude Era. But um, Stone Cold was the one that was anti-authority. He was the one that drew the blue, the blue collar di- uh, the blue collar demographic to WWE. Like, you know what? I hate my boss too. I'd love to kick my boss in the balls. I'd uh, love to kick the shit out of my boss. Yeah, I mean, I, I I'm not gonna get that. But. So yeah, yeah, right. Uh, we have we have jobs, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, uh, I, I would I would be very much inclined to agree with you, but I would also argue that one that could be um, up there, uh, Dusty Rhodes and Ric Flair. Yeah, I mean that probably is too. Because that was your that was your first one of your first the 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 first most the first important. Uh, blue collar versus, and you mentioned a second ago with the whole Stone Cold versus The Rock. This was basically Stone Cold versus The Rock back in the day because you had the working man, um, you know, Dusty Rhodes versus you know the 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 rich man, the Rolex the wearing, limousine, you know, yeah, yeah limousine Rick ride, Flair. jet flying for the for the promos alone. That rivalry is insane. Now, I'm not talking about not, not, between the hard times promo between the you know Dusty Rhodes get goosebumps every time I hear the. 
you know, um, my belly's just a little bit too big. My hottie's just a little bit too big. But I'm bad, brother. And they know I'm bad. Like, oh, my God, it's so good. So I'd argue that Dusty Rhodes and Flair are pro- is, is probably the most important. Uh, but then, but I, I, you know, the first answer that does come to mind is what you just said is Austin McMahon because that one led the Attitude Era into what it was. And uh, and it was it, it was incredible. I mean, uh, and honestly, you, you could argue that Austin McMahon led to Austin Rock, led to Austin Taker, Austin yeah. Triple H. Everybody that that Austin ended up wrestling during the Attitude Era was a result of Vince McMahon trying to keep the WWF at the time title off of Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, so there's you know there's there's just significance to that but uh pj let's take a short break because we got a lot to talk about here wrestlemania 15 wrestlemania 17 and wrestlemania 19 stone cold steve austin and the rock faced off on three of the first 19 wrestlemanias in damn near the main events two of them were the world wrestling federation championship uh and one would ultimately be the last match for one of these individuals we've got a lot to talk about here so we're going to take a quick break when we come back, break it down. We're going to get into these three matches uh, and maybe slightly into the cards. Who knows? Uh, stay tuned to find out. We'll be right back right here on Tap House and Touchdowns. This episode is brought to you by Carolina Business Equipment. With offices in Charleston, Greenville, Columbia, and Florence, Carolina Business Equipment can supply your copiers, computers, and printers anywhere in the state of South Carolina. Call my personal best friend, Aaron Thompson, at 843 843- for a quote today and make sure you tell them that Ryan from Tap House and Touchdown sent you. Carolina Business Equipment, you worry about your business, let us handle your technology. Established in 2008, One Stop Repairs in North Charleston, South Carolina is your one-stop shop for all of your electronic repair needs. Specializing in cell phones, tablets, Computers, laptops, and game consoles, One Stop Repairs offers reputable and quality service with the quickest turnaround time and the most competitive prices in the low country. You can find them on Google with an exceptional 4.9 star rating or on Facebook by searching for One Stop Repairs. Call for a quote today at 843-343-6310. That's the number one One Stop Repairs. All right, everybody, welcome back to the show. Some real fun conversation that PJ, Steven, and I are going to get into. As we mentioned in the opening bell, this show is about breaking down Austin Rock at the grandest stage of them all. The three matches that they've had. A uh, quick introduction, if you're not aware, uh, and, and there's no spoilers here. You've, you've heard of these matches. You've probably watched these matches. Uh, Stone Cold would defeat The Rock in the first two WrestleMania matches, leading to the rubber match after Stone Cold would take some time off uh, for, uh, well, for personal reasons. Um, he also dealt with some injury in between there. Uh, I think that was around the time that Rikishi hit Stone Cold Steve Austin, and he did it for The Rock. He did it for <laughs> The Rock. So, uh, so PJ, let, let's, get into, let's get into the first match here. WrestleMania 15, uh, just some, some quick notes I wanted to make about this card before we get into the match. Um, this was, WrestleMania 15 was also the night that we got Butterbean and Bart Gunn, uh, the culmination of the, 
the brawl for the all brawl tournament. For all. <laughs> um, we had a we had a match that would decide the uh, the special guest referee for the Rock and Austin between uh, Big Show and Mick Foley or Mankind. Uh, I noticed they were still calling Big Show heavily Paul White at yeah. this pay per view. Uh, so that was that was significant. It was also the night that Triple H officially turned corporate and turned on Degeneration X. Um, and it was also the night that uh, Big Boss Man was hung inside hell in a cell. Uh, it freaked me out when I was a kid. I was able to, to watch it back and see the harness that he was uh, repelled from. Um, I did not remember the brood coming down from the ceiling and helping that and then flying back up in the air. Yeah, that was pretty sick. Yeah, weird demons. Um, and finally, the last note that I wanted to make about this card, this was the match that uh, Stone Cold deemed the biggest match of his career at this point. And it was also the night that he forgot his, uh, his patented Stone Cold Steve Austin vest and was forced to wear a T-shirt into the biggest main event uh, of his career to this point. Uh, PJ, before we get into the match, anything else that you want to touch on about the significance of this card? You know, this WrestleMania kind of gets shit on a, a lot, but actually this was the first WrestleMania that I can remember, um, like, retaining information, like, remembering, like, watching. Uh, it was, like you said, a pretty fun show. Um, the match itself, uh, PJ, let's get into it, man. Uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin, I guess I'm going to give you a little bit more backstory. At WrestleMania 14, Stone Cold Steve Austin would become the World Wrestling Federation champion for the first time, knocking off Shawn Michaels after having won the Royal Rumble. Uh, Shawn Michaels would go away. Uh, a lot of stuff happens between now and then, uh, which leads to The Rock becoming the corporate champion, winning the World Wrestling Federation championship, uh, and would lead to the Stone Cold Steve Austin challenging him here at WrestleMania 15. Uh, PJ, give me your thoughts on the match. I've done, I've, I've kind of started this off here a lot. I wrote some notes for this match now, but what are your thoughts about this match? Uh, how'd you like the way that it went down? Um, and, and how'd you feel about the, uh, the, the finish and everything that, that went into it? All right. So, okay. yeah. So, the, the way I look at this match and the way you just described, like, the build-up to it, this match was actually, like, a year in the making, which is pretty sweet. Because you had Austin defeating Shawn Michaels at the last WrestleMania, to um, or not to retain, but to capture the title. And you kind of had The Rock playing with Stone Cold throughout that whole year. And they just planted seeds that this was the match. Like, this was the the main event. This was the two things that are really – that's the this is the constant, if you will. So The Rock was being groomed as the people's champion, the corporate champion leading up to this, like like you just spoke about. And Austin had to defeat Mr. McMahon in like a steel cage in February. That was, was that was that was Big Show's debut, right? Yeah, Big Show's debut. It was the uh, the Valentine's Day massacre. Massacre, yeah. Stone Cold Steve Austin had to defeat Vince McMahon inside the steel cage. Uh, Paul White would come through the ring. Yeah. And throw Austin into the cage. The cage would fly open. Uh, that allowed Stone Cold to win, and then um, he would he would go on to face The Rock at WrestleMania. Uh, it also led to the obviously the referee match between Big Show and Mankind. And mankind. Uh, a quick quick heads up because that'll play a part in this match as well. Uh, Big Show would uh, he essentially lose? I, I don't can't remember if he lost or beat Mankind, but he knocked Mankind out. Um, Mankind goes to the hospital. 
Vince McMahon gets in Big Show's face. Big Show knocks Vince McMahon out and goes to jail, which leads to Vince McMahon announcing himself as the special guest referee. We mentioned uh, Brett, uh, Shawn Michaels, I should say, uh, lost the championship at WrestleMania 14. He would have to go away because of his back injury that would take him out for a few years. They would bring him back into the fold as the commissioner, and he would come out and remove Vince McMahon as the special yeah. guest referee. So Mankind defeated Big Show technically by disqualification. Yep. And that's what had Mankind, yeah, out. Um, I gotta say, this match started off fantastic, even though it is hard to it's hard to ignore Stone Cold wearing the t-shirt, but whatever, you'll look past it. They created so much atmosphere, almost to the point of Rock and Hogan, uh, when that stared out of the very beginning, where Ho the Rock just won't let Stone Cold get past him. It's almost like a bully in the hallway. I love it. Uh, they start exchanging lefts and rights right off the bat. They're telling a fantastic story, uh, in fight, in including fighting out of the ring, got fighting in the arena. The crowd is loving it. Oh my God, it's so good. The Rock is getting frustrated, frustrated, frustrated after all the kickouts. Finally, we get Vince McMahon coming down to the ring anyway, so he can see The Rock defeat Austin. You know, he can see it firsthand. God damn it. I need my corporate champion to give him the elbow. You know, um, which that's what happens. Rock hits Austin again with another rock bottom. Again, Austin is kicking out all over this fucking match. All that's left, The Rock thinks, is to hit this corporate elbow. He hits the elbow, however, Austin, or excuse me, he tries to hit the elbow. Austin rolls out of the way. We get another rock bottom into a counter for a Stone Cold Stunner, and that's that's the match. You get a one, two, three, reverses the rock bottom into a stunner. And I love JR's commentary here. And I love Vince selling it when that bell rings and Stone Cold has one. That music's hitting. Stone Vince is just 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 defeated. Of course, he gets into the ring for a beer bath, and Austin gets to celebrate. You send the folks home happy. What, incredible match. Loved it. So I enjoyed the match. Uh, however, knowing the two that are coming, this was probably the worst match of the three. Um, a little, a little, a little gaga here. Vince McMahon getting involved. Three referees took bumps in this match. Uh, you've got. Um, a rock bottom out of nowhere in this match. Uh, I don't know if, if, if it happened to you, but it happened to me. I was getting really frustrated with the fans at ringside making the match about themselves. Um, and it was really distracting seeing fan by fan people hold their signs up to get their own attention. Like, it's WrestleMania. It's the main event. Like, it's, it's time for you to sit down and enjoy the show. Uh, so obviously nothing to do with the match, but it was it was sort of distracting. It got irritating to me. Um, you're, such like, a you're such a party pooper. I know. I'm such a I'm such a boomer. Um, but yeah, <laughs> um, a little lackluster match overall. Uh, but it told the story it needed to tell uh, to let Austin overcome all the odds of the corporation, all the odds of Vince McMahon um, to do everything he could to keep him from becoming champion. So it served its purpose all right so moving right along here we're at wrestlemania 17 now i can't remember what exactly happens between wrestlemania 15 where these guys were main eventing in wrestlemania 17 i know 16 was wrestlemania 2000 that was the fatal four-way where a mcmahon represented uh four different people for the championship linda mcmahon was with mcfoley i believe vince was with the rock uh, Big Show had Shane, and Triple H obviously had Stephanie. 
Um, but fast forward one more year, and we get The Rock and Austin back in the fold here at WrestleMania 17. A couple quick notes uh, about the show. Um, this was my favorite WrestleMania regarding the video vignettes. I'm not a fan of, um, I say I'm not. I liked Limp Biscuit when I was a kid. <laughs> um, I'm not so much of a fan. I think I think Fred Durst is sort of um, a tool. Let's yeah, let's say that. So, um, but this song, "My Way," that was basically the song used for this show. He was also used uh, his song. Their song "Rollin'" was the theme song. Uh, was the the entrance music for uh, the Undertaker during this time frame. So we got a lot of influx of Limp Biscuit in the show, but the video packages for this pay-per-view, for this WrestleMania, were my all-time favorite. And you talk about certain memories sticking out. This, These video packages were what stuck out to me, uh, stuck out uh, to me, I should say. Um, so a lot of fun stuff in the show. It was the show where uh, China finally won the Women's Championship uh, in a squash over Ivory. Uh, TLC2, uh, the triple threat ladder match, TLC match uh, between the Dudleys, Edge and Christian. The Hardys were on this match. Or we're on this card, I should say. Um, and then the gimmick battle royal was on this show. <laughs> um, I man, listen, I I'm a, a a whore for nostalgia, and the number of people that were in this battle royal that were on this show because of the gimmick battle royal, um, it was bittersweet because I loved watching it. But you look at the guys that were in that match uh, that are either no longer with us or no longer able to walk. Uh, I'm looking at Iron Sheik. Uh, you could tell his legs were already bowing out really bad uh, for this for this match. I can't believe he went over and won the gimmick battle royal. Uh, Doink the Clown is no longer with us. John Tinta Earthquake uh, is no longer with us. Uh, mean Gene Okerlund, Bobby the Brain Heenan were on commentary. They are no longer with us. So a lot of Kamala was in this match, no longer with us. So a lot of uh, old time gimmicks were used in this mat, uh, used on this, this gimmick battle royal. Um, I thought it was funny to see one man gang. Uh, I, I'm not sure. I, I, I can't remember if he's passed away or not, but um, I was like, what was his other gimmick? And sure enough, he was Akeem, the African Akeem, dream. Akeem, the African dream. Uh, I kind of wish I had seen him as Akeem instead of one man gang. I also wish I would have seen uh, instead of Tugboat. I think one man gang is still alive, yeah. Okay, so sure. one man gang, there was somebody else. So then you've had a, you had a tugboat that was his gimmick that he used as a baby face. And when he turned heel, he became Typhoon. So um, I didn't, I hate that we didn't get to see a, a reunion of the natural disasters in this match, yeah. especially because Earthquake eliminated uh, Typhoon or uh, Typhoon. Didn't, I just say Typhoon. Did, didn't, Iron, didn't Iron Sheik win the match? He did win the match. And then Sergeant Slaughter got back in the ring. Put him in the Cobra Clutch uh, or whatever whatever his finisher was called, and then um and then that's that's how the match. Did, it was. A, did you know? Did you know what the official theme song was for WrestleMania Seventeen? Uh, was it my way? No, that, that's not the official one. Crack addict. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. so dumb. Uh, you think Vince was like, yeah, crack addict. Turn it up, Bruce. I want to hear it louder. Yeah. Crack addict. He's walking around down. He's walking around backstage at Gorilla. Maybe he was Jesus. a crack addict. That's why. That's why he liked the song. He didn't understand. Uh, but so. I, my digress. 
Uh, so this is a really fun WrestleMania, and it ended with a rematch for the World Wrestling Federation Championship. Once again, The Rock, the champion, Stone Cold Steve Austin, the challenger. Uh, PJ, was there anything else about this card you wanted to talk to before we get into the match? Uh, I mean, arguably, this is the greatest WrestleMania ever. I mean, WrestleMania 17 really is, is the one that a lot of people talk about. Um, it's kind of hard to deny that. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, did this not have the street fight? WrestleMania 17, did that not have the street fight between Vince and Shane uh, and Mick Foley was it a did. special guest referee? It did. Okay, this had the biggest pop. When Linda McMahon, yep, yep, yep. You know what I'm going to hit you with? When the comatose who played her part fantastically, the comatose Linda McMahon is in the chair in the corner, and Vince is going to make her watch as he destroys their son, Shane. And he's, you know, just nailing him. And then Linda stands up. Oh my God. Yeah, Did he's that got, crowd not fucking pop. He's got the trash can over his head, ready to hit him. And then Shane basically tells Vince, hey, look around. And uh, Turn he turns around. around. Yeah. And he turns and around. And kicks him right in the balls. He actually opens his legs for it, too. I thought it was really funny that they couldn't even God, sell that well. But yeah. What a great match, man. It was, a, it was a good show. I mean, also, again, even the China match, like it, it was a squash. But yeah, I think China. It's still fun. China looked her best. Like, now there's a lot to be said, and, and you know, rest in peace to China, that should be said first and foremost. But there was a lot to be said when she first joined WWF as Triple H's bodyguard. Uh, it was very taboo because he had a woman bodyguard. He got him heat. And she was not very feminine. And that was the knock that she got for a long time. She, I mean, she was a bodybuilder. So she had a square jaw. She, I mean, she was, she was just, she was stacked. And I think, um, from a traditional standpoint of what feminine looks like, I don't think China was ever more beautiful than she was in this match. It, it, yeah, she show. was gorgeous. And um, and you know, it was sort of there was there was a certain feeling, and, and I know we're getting off topic because this is Stone Cold Rock time, but watching her walk back to the ring with the women's championship in her hand, um, there was a look on her face that kind of made me sad because, like, I don't think. This is what she wanted anymore. I think she was still like broken up about obviously what had happened between her and Triple H. I can't remember how much longer she was in the company after this show. Um, but there was a sadness in her face that I don't think uh, she did a really good job of hiding. And it made me sad knowing knowing what she would eventually uh, become. Uh, but But God rest her soul um she was great in her squash match she looked great i mean she had the right the, the right attire master i mean it was it was it was fantastic so um and then obviously tlc2 where you had spots from rhino spike dudley and lita in that tlc match so like you said arguably one of the if not the best wrestlemanias in wwe history so that being said get to the main event the Championship match, Stone Cold Steve Austin challenging The Rock once again. Stone Cold coming in after having won the Royal Rumble. Um, PJ, I'm going to start us off. I, I know I've given us a lot of a lot to talk about. This match was night and day to me better than their first match two years prior. 
And, you know, hold on. I got to interrupt you for a second because we haven't talked about the best part of this entire rivalry so far. And it's the vignette that we get between Stone Cold and The Rock in the locker room with JR in the middle. I think it was JR. Um, was it, it was. JR or was it Michael Cole? Oh, it was Joe JR. Okay. And, you know, he's asking, we're getting the tail of the tape here. And just Stone Cold's dis- um, disposition of just like, you know, I have to beat you. I have to become WWF champion. And, you know, there was a lot of truth in what they were saying. Because, again, we talked about this personal jealousy. They both wanted to be number one. And you can only have one number one, uh, if my math serves me correctly. And they both wanted to be number one. And it's just such a boiled down, just deliberate fucking promo. It's so perfect. It was hardly written, it felt like. It felt like you're just giving the business to a coworker. Amazing. Yeah. And on, on top of it, you know, we, we we're talking about the rivalry itself. I mean, this has been now a, a few years going on with The Rock and Stone Cold. The Rock has gone from being uh, the, you know, from the Nation of Domination Rock after being Rocky Maivia, that he hated the name. Um, he goes down to being the corporate champion. He's now a borderline babyface going into this match. There's not really mm-hmm. a connection with him and Vince going into this match. So um, you're, you're seeing both of them sort of develop. Obviously, Stone Cold's body having his own issues. Um but yeah, you're right. This uh, this sort of fight to be the number one superstar in the Attitude Era was between The Rock and Austin. So you're right that yes. that, that the, the interview that they did where he said, "Rock, I have to beat you." Like it's there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. WrestleMania, I cannot lose to you. Like this is this has got to be it. And and so we get Rock Austin too. Um, so yeah, this match again. Uh, it went a lot longer than their first match two years prior. Uh, it was a lot bloodier than their match two years prior. There was a lot of similarities. So in match number one, they immediately go to the outside. It was made no disqualification at the beginning of the night. Uh, it was said right before the match started that the match would be no disqualification. And it sounded like it was uh, it was a surprise to the commentary team. Uh, but they go out to the outside. They do some more stuff again. There's a lot more... Um, in-ring work here done between the two of them. That's uh, right. I, I remember because when they said it's no disqualification, JR has, well, who made that call? And it's supposed to be that it was Vince making the, yeah, okay. Yeah. I remember that now. Yeah. So um, there's a lot of false finishes in this match. They were all perfect. Uh, you get some rock hitting the Stone Cold Stunner, some Stone Cold hitting the rock bottom. A lot of a lot of good wrestling in this match. Because the, their first match two years prior was a lot of, of um, it was a brawl. It was a brawl. It was a brawl, exactly. So, um, uh, as we mentioned in the first match, uh, Vince McMahon would would get involved uh, to try to deter Stone Cold Steve Austin from winning the WWE Championship. Uh, in this match, uh, towards the end, we see we see Vince McMahon come out once again, and we're in Texas, so we're thinking, oh, here we go again. Mr. McMahon is coming out here to screw Stone Cold yet again. This was the infamous heel turn from Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, Vince McMahon would get involved. He would pull the rock off of Austin in a pin attempt. Uh, He would hit the rock with a chair. He would give the chair to Stone Cold Steve Austin. After a couple of Stone Cold stunners would not put down the rock after a shot to the head with the chair would not put down the rock. It was the infamous chair beatdown. 
that Stone Cold the My aggressive. God, what is this? The, what the hell is this? Yeah, yeah, the uh the what Stone Cold would be known for in this aggressive heel phase of his career. Uh Stone Cold would have a vicious assault with a steel chair that would put the rock down and the end of the match, we would see the unthinkable. Stone Cold Steve Austin has sold out to Vince McMahon. He shakes his hand, he has beers with him in the ring. Stone Cold Steve Austin has now aligned himself with Vince McMahon to tell the story that you mentioned in the interview. I have to beat you. I will do whatever it takes to beat you. And Vince and, and Stone Cold Steve Austin sold his soul to Vince McMahon to win this match. To Satan himself, in the words of JR. Yeah, you called this match pretty well, Frank. This match was incredible. It told a fantastic story. You know, the rocket hit with 17 consecutive fucking chair shots is insane, and it's overkill, but it, it does not matter. I, you know me. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a lot about uh, get that gaga out of here. This is the exception to the rule. Holy fuck, what a mind fuck. You're in Texas, so you gotta put you gotta put the Texan over. And you really have a double-edged sword here. It's just like, yeah, you put Stone Cold over, but you had him aligned with his biggest enemy, Vince McMahon. Amazing. And it's fun. Now, it's fun because we but we mentioned at the top of the show that Stone Cold Steve Austin and Vince McMahon, that rivalry to me was the most important rivalry in yeah. pro wrestling. And now we see them joining forces. Which was just like like they said on the show, and like we're thinking about now, it was unthinkable at the time, especially having him turn heel in his home state, PJ. Yeah, it's amazing. And you know, I know that this heel turn is really tainted. Not a lot of people agreed that it was the best decision. Um, I'm one of the few, and I don't know your opinion on this. I don't think we've ever really talked about this off camera um, as friends and shit, but like I enjoyed this heel turn. Now, down the road, it was silly because we get the we get the, the, the kumbaya. Uh, but you know, it's still uh, it's still a heel turn, and I get why it couldn't happen because they they turn him heel and the crowd's going to cheer for him anyway. Who cares? Yeah, you know the NWO were heels and the crowd loved them. Who cares? WCW made it work. Um, yeah, I know. I really enjoy this, and we get you know this heel turn. If I'm not mistaken, WrestleMania comes, and then that's when we start seeing the invasion angle, correct? Yeah, because uh, the week the week prior to this WrestleMania is when WCW was purchased by Vince McMahon. Because right, so in, in the street fight, after Shane won, they go to the box and you see Lance Storm and all the WCW and yeah. Guerrero. Everybody's up in the up in the in the press box or the the whatever box. Um, watching Shane McMahon. So this is right after the WCW purchase. Right. So we get the kumbaya, we get the hug, we get the the cowboy hat, Stone Cold, but then we get a fantastic promo when the Invasion pay-per-view, right before the Invasion pay-per-view is happening. We get that great promo with Vince McMahon saying, I need the old Stone Cold. And then that week later, it might have been that same fucking night, Stone Cold parks his truck, gets out, and whips every WCW, ECW ass all on the arena. I think this heel turn was a success. We even get a bigger heel turn when he turns, and I know I'm, I'm, no, I'm speeding ahead here. And we get an even bigger heel turn when he turns against the WWF and goes against the invasion or goes with the alliance. So let's look at this for a long term. Why this is a great promo? Well, he aligned himself with Satan himself, sold his soul so he could win the belt. He's got the belt. Okay, he got what he wanted. 
couple months down the road, he betrays the devil to join the Alliance, and he still has the belt. I'm sorry. That's a great heel. Yeah, I mean, he stayed, you know, it had been so long since Stone Cold had been the traditional heel, right? Yeah. So to change it up and make him a heel and align him with, with Vince McMahon, I also thought it was interesting that for this heel run, he had the disturbed music that he would come yeah. down to. This was a WWE's big push to sort of partner with some musicians, and they would, leave, they would put out the CD where all the different bands would put up uh, theme music like uh, – uh, Chris Benoit had his own uh, Our, La Our Lady Peace. Yep, um, you had the Dudleys had uh, somebody. Um, it, it was Man Power Man Five Thousand might have done the Dudley Boys uh, theme song. Get up, get up. Yeah. Um, do you, if if you get this right, you will get mad points. Do you remember the CD that they put out that had all those songs on there? That yeah. Drowning, drowning pool, the game. It had what was the CD called? I've got the CD upstairs. I have that one, and it was uh, oh my god, it was there was two of them because there was one that was like a hip hop where Run DMC did DX's. Oh, that's the that's WWF aggression, and it's fantastic. And then there was a second one they did that was more like heavily like like and what, uh, what's, rock. What's that? What's that called? I can't tell you the name of it off the top of my head. Can I? I'll, I'll tell you what the name of it is, and it's a super inappropriate name when you really think about it. Forcible entry is the that's name of it. that CD. It was I have both entry. of those. It's yep, me ridiculous. too. God, um, what, what marks fun, we fun, are. Yeah, yeah we're, we're – well, that's why you're <laughs> listening to this podcast. If you're listening to this podcast, you're, yeah. you're a mark as well. No, I love this match, man. And, yeah, I, I, it was better than WrestleMania 15, no argument. But, man, it gets shit on because of that heel turn, and I think that's so silly. Well, and you know what I also love too? Not only was it a little bit more technical than the bra that 15 was, like you mentioned, I love Stone Cold bringing out the million-dollar dream for this match. Did you catch that? Yeah, because they even mentioned – he hasn't stuff. used this move in years. When he Fun was the stuff. ringmaster, yeah, no, it was good stuff here. Um, I should also mention that this was the second time these two faced off at WrestleMania, and it was also the second time that Vince McMahon, Vince McMahon found himself involved in the finish. So yeah. um, that's that's going to have carry some significance because we go to WrestleMania 19. Uh, things have happened. Vince McMahon, uh, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, like I said, he took some time off due to his neck injury that he had sort of put off since he broke his neck um, in the Owen Hart SummerSlam match. I believe it was 1999. Uh, he also, um, uh, there were some cool vignettes where he said that The Rock and other people said that he left and took his ball and went home. Uh, mm -hmm. Very infamously, he uh, would not do a job for Brock Lesnar and the King of the Ring tournament qualifier on Monday Night Raw because he didn't feel like there was any build that they were sort of screwing it up uh, where they could have build that for a pay-per-view and instead they were just going to let him get squashed on Monday Night Raw and Stone Cold did not take that lightly and so as everyone so eloquently put it he took his ball and went home uh, obviously he would come back for this match um, and or he'd come back for a while and sort of raise hell on Monday Night Raw um, and it would eventually build to this, uh, this trilogy, this, uh, it's not really a rubber match when Stone Cold now leads 2-0, uh, but now it's sort of like the old adage that, you know, think about ECW, we're going to do an ECW show, uh, within the next few weeks, I'm not sure when it'll air, but there was that ECW hangout where Tommy Dreamer could never beat Raven, and this was, 
The Rock's beaten Stone Cold, but he's never beaten Stone Cold at WrestleMania. It was like Shawn Michaels has beaten Undertaker, but he's never beaten him at WrestleMania. At WrestleMania, yeah. Uh, so uh, it was a really, really fun build to this match. Um, you know, watching this match, it was really weird looking back, being Stone Cold's last match. Um, and so, uh, again, some more really good vignette work to build up this match. This is also a time when The Rock had gone and done the Scorpion King. It was in Hollywood. Came back with a new sleeve tattoo or a half sleeve tattoo, and the fans turned on him as uh, he was now Hollywood Rock, probably my favorite rock entrance music that he had his entire time in WWE. PJ, it's uh, cooking. Yeah, uh, that yeah, that it was just I, I can't explain it. Uh, why don't you give us uh, some some of your sort of uh, thoughts leading into the match? Um, kind of what had been happening. Uh, maybe I don't know if there's anything about the card you want to talk about. I didn't jot any notes down for this card. Uh, but what do you want to say before we get into breaking this match down? So WrestleMania 19 is definitely one of my favorites. Man, some of the one of the best WrestleMania matches of all time is on that card, and that's Chris Jericho and Shawn Michaels. You want to talk about telling a fucking story? Um, you have some of the cringiest matches, which is Booker T and Triple H. Why Booker T never went over is insane to me. I mean, I get it. You wanted Brock Lesnar to be the guy. He's the guy. He's the champ. He's the one, you know, holding the belt up. Uh, we always remember that fantastic match, but the reason you remember that match between Angle and Lesnar is the bot shooting star press. Um, yeah, it's still a really great pay-per-view, though. I was, was the pillow fight match on this card or 17? Because I can't remember. Oh, no, it was it was on this one. Okay. It was the Miller, Miller, Life, Miller Life Fight Girls. Yeah, versus... Oh, uh, and you, you also get... Yeah, versus Stacey Keeler and, and old Tory. Tory Wilson, yeah. Uh, you also get uh, Hulk Hogan and Vince McMahon in a street fight, and you get that fantastic visual of a bloody Vince McMahon peering up over the ring with the lead pipe and that smile. Fun stuff. But we're I here forgot, to talk... Yeah, I forgot Roddy Piper interjected into that match, too. Totally forgot. Yeah, with that. his pale-ass, light legs. Holy yeah, shit. Oof. You can tell he's fucking Scottish. Um... He's actually Canadian, but you know, same thing. Canadian, um, uh, Scottish Canadian. That's a thing, right? They have French Canadians and they have Scottish Canadians. Scott, Scottish Canadians. Yeah. That's what, uh, Mel Gibson was in Braveheart. Okay. He was a <laughs> Scottish Canadian. Yeah. That's why he had only uh, half of his face is blue. The other half is red. Yeah. The, the hot Scott. Okay. And, uh, so what we're, what we're doing here, uh, no way out. We get Stone Cold's return where him and Eric Bischoff, uh, have a match. We get The Rock taken on Hogan, where he can defeat him there. Um, next couple of days on Raw, we get a couple of weeks on Raw, we get The Rock cutting a promo saying that, you know, Austin won some award. I think it was like Superstar of the Year or some bullshit. The Rock was upset that the fans didn't vote for him. Austin comes out the next week, cuts a promo, and that's where we get The Rock coming out and saying how disappointed he is that he was not able to defeat Stone Cold. In their last WrestleMania outings, you get a promo from The Rock singing and making fun of the fans. He takes on the Hurricane in a one-on-one -on -one match, and the Austin comes out and costs The Rock the match. Hurricane gets a pinfall victory over The Rock. Uh, for some reason, Rick thinks that Darby Allen can never do that, but the Hurricane getting a win over The Rock is just fine. So moving on. <laughs> Stay in the back. Um there's some delusion coming through. So anyway, um, 
motherfucker. Oh shit. <laughs> oh damn it. Let's let's keep this going here because we get we so, be here all night. So you get a fantastic match here, and that's what's great about these three matches because you get WrestleMania 15, great match, 17, fantastic, and then this is the ultimate. This is seasoned veteran talent giving their very, very best. I'm not going to spend too much time on this because a lot of people already know the story, but Stone Cold was almost not in this match. He had had a heart, uh, pretty much a heart attack. Uh, after drinking too many Red Bulls and too much coffee, he was at the gym with Kevin Nash. Uh, his legs were shaking the entire uh, workout. He got out of the elevator, went into his room, and he was just almost going to pass out. He's in the hospital the night before WrestleMania, which is where you don't want to be if you're if you're talent. Um, the only people that know are Vince and JR. Vince calls Bruce Prichard and says, hey, tomorrow might not happen. Well, how how is Stone Cold? Well, he, he'll be all right. Well, we do make it to WrestleMania, and only a few people knew that that was his last match. Stone Cold Steve Austin is going to spend his last match facing probably his greatest rivalry in pro wrestling history, and that's The Rock. What a way to go out, and how you went out is on your back. But before we got there, that match was incredible. The tempo of that match, I mean, the momentum switched so many times it gave you vertigo. Love The Rock putting on Stone Cold's vest there, playing around, great psychology. We are telling an ultimate story here, guys. The ultimate story of The Rock trying his best to overcome his challenge. Um, and that's to defeat Stone Cold Steve Austin at WrestleMania. We get three rock bottoms, and it finally puts down the rock. And I love uh, uh, Jerry Lawler's commentary there. With, he says, the big one! And then third rock bottom, one, two, three, the rock has defeated Stone Cold. And we get a beautiful moment with the rock telling Stone Cold, listen, man, you know, thank you for everything you've done for me and my career, and I, and I love you, man. The Rock, the winner, the one who won the match, exits the exits the ring and lets Stone Cold Steve Austin have his moment. And no one in the crowd knew that it was his final match. Um, God, so, you know the mat the match is just incredible. I can't say too many too many things about it. You know, go out of your way to watch all three of these matches, but go out of your way to watch this one twice. Knowing the knowing Stone Cold Steve Austin's health issues, knowing what was leading into this match, knowing that this was going to be his last match. You sort of saw a few things that you might not normally see. Watching it back, you could see the, the emotion from Stone Cold Steve Austin coming to the ring knowing that it was his final match. Um, again, it made me more emotional uh, yeah. knowing, knowing what was coming. Like you mentioned, The Rock after the match sits down next to Austin Freaking Earl Hebner. I've never wanted to punch Earl Hebner more in my life. Oh, and he just kept in. Rock was just shoving him off. Yeah. He sho well, not only did he shove him off, but even the, the walk up the ramp, he walked with Austin up the ramp. Like, dude, somebody get into Earl Hebner's ear and tell him just to go in the back by himself because Austin needs a, a farewell without having a referee in the picture with him. Yeah. Um, but like you mentioned, Rock, uh, he, 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 you know, Stone Cold ate three rock bottoms. Um, Rock finally goes over the first match at WrestleMania these two had that had a clean finish to it. Mm -hmm. There was no, uh, there no, was no, no Gaga. Gaga. nobody got involved. Um, you know, the rock was this super heel at the time he had done the, uh, the, the rock concert, I believe when he was in, uh, Sacramento where he, the, the, the big, um, 
the big finish was I forgot what song he was singing, but uh, but I remember the it ended and the and the Rock will be back when the Lakers beat the Kings in May and the fucking crowd lost it. So yeah. he was super heel, hating on everything. And after the match, he completely broke because he knew this was the end. And he almost PJ, I, I kind of want to put this back to you. Because, again, he had come back from Hollywood at this point, and he was getting booed. But I feel like The Rock got a taste of Hollywood here. And so not only did he sort of know that this was the last match he was ever going to have with the guy who helped put him on the map, the guy who helped elevate WWE through the Attitude Era, um, I feel like there was also some underlying feelings that The Rock knew that maybe this wasn't what he was going to do forever, that maybe it was time for him. He's got a taste of Hollywood. Maybe maybe it's time for him to sort of take a step back after this match. So just a lot of emotions running high uh, between everything that happened. The the character breaking to finish the match um, was just uh, – was, was, it was phenomenal work. It was phenomenal um, character from, from both of these guys, a great story being told, uh, considering that we now know what we know, that it was Stone Cold Steve Austin's last match. Knowing what it took to put Stone Cold Steve Austin down is just, it's huge. It's such a, it was such a huge moment in wrestling history. It was such a huge moment for this rivalry. And as they did in ECW, where on Raven's last night in the company, Tommy finally goes over. Stone Cold Steve Austin's uh, last match as an active wrestler, uh, he puts over The Rock on his way out the door. Uh, PJ, we're going to take one more quick break. And in the main event, we are, are, are going to close up the show, uh, talk a little bit more, uh, not too long. I know we're, we're up against it, but uh, we're going to take a quick break and come back and, and close out the show and sort of preview some stuff that we've got coming up in the very near future. So stay tuned. We'll be right back right here on Tap House and Touchdowns. This episode is brought to you by Carolina Business Equipment. With offices in Charleston, Greenville, Columbia, and Florence, Carolina Business Equipment can supply your copiers, computers, and printers anywhere in the state of South Carolina. Call my personal best friend, Aaron Thompson, at 843-452-8761 for a quote today, and make sure you tell him that Ryan from Tap House and Touchdown sent you. Carolina Business Equipment, you worry about your business, let us handle your technology. All right, everybody, welcome back to the main event of the show. Hope you've enjoyed us breaking down the WrestleMania matches between Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock. Uh, PJ, in the main event here, um, let's just, let's let's ask the, the tough question. Uh, we, we've seen some rivalries in years past. Uh, Roman Reigns has sort of uh, here recently gone through a list of um, current wrestlers and legends. Uh, he's taken out Brock Lesnar, John Cena, Seth Rollins, uh, Braun Strowman, Bray Wyatt. So he, you've seen, it, so, seen him sort of go through the roster. Um, we've seen some other rivalries come down. You know, we've, we've had, obviously, Randy Orton, Triple H within the last decade. We've had um, Triple H with just about everybody, for that matter, be it Dana <laughs> Bryan, Batista, uh, Shawn Michaels, you know, you name it. Um, has there... Or will there ever be a rivalry on par with 
what was Stone Cold Steve Austin in The Rock? I think eventually it'll get, something will remind us of that. I think in maybe could be as easy as a year and a half, two years that we'll say like, man, this this reminds me of Rock and Austin. I mean, Cena and Punk came close to that, maybe. Um, you know, I, as far as you know, I don't think Reigns and Lesnar's close. Although, like, they have you know, wrestle or they've done WrestleMania matches, uh, you know, a good bit. But I don't think it's come close. I think eventually it'll happen. You know, pro wrestling in the indies, these amateur wrestlers that are around. I mean, there will be another Rock in Austin. I don't know how soon it'll be, but it'll happen. Let me let me throw you out a curveball here. Uh, you being the New Japan pro wrestling expert on the show, who would you would you pinpoint as the closest robbery in New Japan? You could say, you know, right now or, or within the last few years, who is the closest robbery in New Japan to rival Rock and Austin? Okada and Omega. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's good. Easy. Easy. Uh, how about, uh, and we're going to kind of fantasy book it here, who do you think could be that pair, not in WWE because there's just there's too much talent, and right now it seems like Roman Reigns is going to run uh, rough shot over WWE for, for the foreseeable future. So we've got a lot of tag team robberies between RK Bro, Alpha Academy, Street Profits, the Usos. Um, as far as individual robberies, they're trying to build a Cody Rhodes, Seth Rollins story here, but you know maybe one day that will become uh, you know something. But let's let's fantasy book it outside of WWE. Uh, and I've already mentioned New Japan. Do you think there could be anybody in AEW that could build to a rivalry that would uh, sort of rival, pun intended, uh, Rock and Stone Cold? Uh, Darby Allen and Danhausen. No, fucking uh, Danhausen. No, no, no rolling the shit out of me, dude. Come on. Realist, realistically, uh, MJF and Adam Page. Ooh, you know, um, this is going to sound crazy because I was thinking. If Omega ever comes back, I think Omega and Adam Cole could be that rivalry because you'll have Adam Cole and, uh, you know, uh, the UE, the Undisputed Elite. Uh, yeah. You potentially have uh, Omega and the Young Bucks uh, and then maybe bring in Jay White and uh, two members of the Bullet Club. Um, I don't know who you could put with, uh, with obviously, Tama Tonga and Tonga Loa the uh, Gorillas of Destiny. But yeah. you can have a fun little, like, four-way, like, three-man rivalry team. But I feel like you could you could have um, Omega and and uh, Adam Cole be, be a good one that they could, they could sort of draw out. I thought that Hangman Adam Page could be that for Omega until Omega needed the time off. Um, but, yeah, man, I, I'll be honest with you. I don't see it. I, I think... You know, you got to think of all the rivalries that we've seen in wrestling history. You know, we mentioned a few, uh, Flair and Dusty. Flair had a bunch of the greatest rivalries, similar to the way Triple H did. I oh, mean, yeah. Flair rivaled with Macho Man Randy Savage, with Hulk Hogan, with Sting, uh, with, with uh, I think, even Vader at one point. Um, I mean, he had a lot of, of, of tough rivals. And then, obviously, you think even Stone Cold Steve Austin had rivals. Triple H, The Rock, The Undertaker. Uh, I think he even lost and won the championship back from Kane at one point. So, um, but I don't think anything puts touches, you know, anything really holds a candle to what the Rock and Stone Cold were, not just for the great matches they put on, because my, you know, uh, these WrestleMania matches, um, 
were 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 classic. So that their their final match to me is probably the best match that they ever put on with each other. Knowing again Austin's physical condition, uh, it's incredible how great that match truly was. Yeah. Um, but I just don't see anything um, kind of really competing to 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 sort of equate to what Rock and Austin were during the Attitude Era that that honestly helped propel WWE o- over in the Monday Night Wars. Um, I sort of kind of mentioned it. Uh, my favorite match of these three was the obviously the culmination, the one where The Rock went over, even though I mentioned at the top of the show, I'm a Stone Cold Steve Austin mark. Uh, but my favorite match was the one that he lost, his his finale match as a career. Yeah. What was your favorite match of the three of these? Definitely Stone Cold's final match. I mean, like, yeah, that one to me is the clear, you know, the, the clear one. I mean, and you, we get... We got to be honest too. We're not even talking about the other matches that they had outside of WrestleMania. WrestleMania Rebellion 2000, Rebellion 2001, uh, Backlash 99. I mean, we can go all day. There's a there's a Raw 98 where they had a fantastic match. Just one of those things. But you you know, it's definitely it's it's definitely um, it's definitely the final match with Stone Cold's retirement. And even if it wasn't his retirement match. I still think it would be the best one. PJ, I think you said it best. Uh, go out of your way to watch these matches again and go out of your way to watch WrestleMania 19, Rockin' Austin, twice. It was yeah. that good. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're up against it. Uh, we've got some really fun stuff coming up in the next few weeks. We're going to be reviewing some New Japan. Uh, we've got some some WWE shows coming up. Uh, I believe uh, ahead of us is WrestleMania Backlash. We've got uh, AEW and their Super Show coming out of Chicago with New Japan Pro Wrestling in uh, just over a month now. Uh, the co-host, PJ Steven, will be going. Uh, unfortunately, I already got my plane tickets to Chicago. Yeah, unfortunately, your guy, Billy Rye, is not making it. And we're going to do we're gonna do a live watch-along that I've been promising a, a true listener that we were going to do uh, for quite some time. Um, and we've got some other deep dives we're going to get into. Uh, so hopefully you enjoyed this breakdown of Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock, and the WrestleMania matches. Uh, for PJ Steven, it's your guy, Billy Rye, for Tap Outs and Touchdowns. We'll see you next week right here on Tap Outs and Touchdowns.